thank you sir for your wonderful thoughts now i welcome ms dibyanshi ji from gurnam center to moderate the first keynote address and i also welcome manoj pavitran ji from oroville who is an educationist and product designer deliver his keynote address welcome dibyanshi i hand over Thank you, Abhishek, and thank you, Sampada. So today's keynote address is set in the context of a group of practitioners from Purnam Center for Integrality, who've been together co-holding the Integral Education Portal. So we just first begin with getting to know a bit about the Purnam Center for Integrality through a video. Education must be relevant to the social context. We are living through a time when the world is undergoing a rapid transformation. The technologies are evolving so fast, the entire social fabric is getting disrupted. And that too, in a highly degenerative way, we have our ecological system breaking apart, our social system in turbulence, and even psychologically, tremendous growing tension, anxiety. We are forced to shift, to transform ourselves. And this requires lifelong learning for everyone. And the very power of thought is getting replaced by the machines who are smarter. So what are we as human beings in this new context? How are we going to upgrade ourselves into a new level, a new possibility? And this precisely is where Sri Aurobindo and mothers work and their approach to education and, and transformational learning process developed over decades of research come into picture. And this is what Purnam is attempting. At Purnam, all our work is based in the vision and works of Sri Aurobindo, revolutionary seer, sage and psychologist, and the mother, his spiritual collaborator, and the founder of Auroville. At Purnam, all our learning journeys, courses and programs follow three fundamental principles. The first principle is learning to evolve, learning to discover the core of one's being and allowing that to lead the evolutionary journey of one's transformation is the absolute fundamental of all the different offerings of Purnam. The second principle that we swear by, that we abide by, is learning by doing, learning in action. It is only by learning in action, by engaging in real life projects, by engaging in everyday life transformation practices, that the real shift, the real transformation takes place. 
the third principle is learning together learning as a community we believe that when we learn together as a community not only there is so much more joy and vibrancy but also there is an accelerated growth there is an accelerated progress that happens integral transformation a radical transformation of consciousness is the call of the future it is essentially enabling individuals to become self-aware, self-driven and self-guided in their own evolutionary process so that they can adapt with a world that is rapidly changing and dance with the new that is emerging. At Poonam, we are taking baby steps towards this high ideal. A vibrant community of practitioners is emerging and we invite you to come join us and participate in this adventure. So with that video, I'd like to welcome Manoj Pavitran for the keynote address, a bit about Manoj as we begin. So he's been a learner, a student, a practitioner, a teacher, of integral yoga, integral psychology, and integral education in light of Sri Aurobindo and the mother since 1989 when he came to the works of mother in Sri Aurobindo. He's also very well known, and I guess many of you must have watched many of his movies. So he spent eight years of his life creating the three movies that we are all very familiar with the Evolution Fast Forward series from Sopanam, which was an attempt to introducing Sri Aurobindo to the academic fraternity and bringing the uh, vast knowledge that lies in the works of Mother and Sri Aurobindo in a way that the mental being of today of the 21st century can understand. He's also the co-founder of one of our flagship programs of Purnam, Swadharma Courses, which was his brainchild that was founded in the year 2016. And we've had eight batches of Swadharma in Oroville. And lately, we also managed to have one batch of Swadharma online with that same uh, same impact and same transformation of integral education. It's a one-of-a-kind program wherein young seekers from India and the world who have that fire, who have that aspiration to know who they truly are and what their true calling is, they navigate their way through. The course is based in the works of Mother and Sri Aurobindo, but that knowledge has been dynamized. So we don't literally talk about mother said this, or Sri Aurobindo said this, but the entire course is pedagogy, its method, its curricula is based in the works of Sri Aurobindo and the mother. And uh, yes, he's also the co-founder of Purnam along with me, wherein we are holding several courses now uh, based in the works of mother in Sri Aurobindo and the beautiful part is now our students themselves are curating and creating courses based in the works of mother in Sri Aurobindo and there's a very vibrant community 
of core of 250 alumna and the larger community of 1500 student practitioners which is emerging and birthing and he's the one who's holding it from the background so with that welcome manoj for the keynote address thank you devyanshi thank you sambhaji abhishek and everyone who have assembled here and taken this journey of looking at education and reimagining education and i would like to start with the setting the context for example the dominant mode of education that is prevalent across the world comes from the industrial revolution period where there were certain needs to be met in certain approaches to education so we have mass production batch production it all come from that and an education addressing the job market to meet the requirements of an industrialization that was spreading across the world so the education had that particular angle and particular structure and it is out of that when the british people introduced their education system into india it was further reduced into preparing the servants for the empire not for really creating innovators thinkers leaders who can self govern that was not the intention that was not the need of that empire and unfortunately india continued with that education system and it was in revolt to that when sri rabindo dived deep into india's freedom struggle and mobilized india to declare that we want to be an independent nation he was instrumental in establishing four key ideas swadeshi boycott swaraj and national education an education that is rooted in indian culture indian ethos india's india's great inheritance it was also the time his spiritual awakening was unfolding and he also saw that india's freedom and even this new education was only a beginning in fact the world was heading towards a tremendous crisis an evolutionary crisis now this was 1910 long long ago and today we know that the world is in a crisis there is climate change there is economic crisis 
There is COVID crisis, there is psychological crisis, pollution, psychologically a great deal of breakdown happening. And the technologies are making human beings more and more obsolete. Now what was appropriate for an industrial age where job creation and preparing people for a job is getting reversed. Automation is taking over and we are entering into a new society, new kind of world is emerging. But way back in 1910, when Sri was bringing in this idea of national education, this global crisis was not visible. The world was entering into World War I, World War II. These were the dimensions of crisis that showed up. The time when Shirobindo mother was developing their work, what we now directly experience was not known to the world, but they had seen it. They had foreseen and worked out developed an education system, an educational process, an underlying psychology, an underlying process to address those needs, which is fundamentally evolutionary. And they saw that there are three layers to it. One is the individual's self-discovery as the foundation of the future of education. Second is the nation's soul. This is a radically new idea, the soul of a nation. This is different from a political nation. The political boundaries changes with time, with the different empires but there is a cultural identity which continues across millennia. So he was distinguishing between what is an external shifting political boundaries in contrast to the living soul of a nation. And education must be in alignment with the nation's soul not just the individual self-discovery, but the nation's self-discovery. And in the context of a global civilization, what that is now very clear, at that time it was emerging. A community of nations coming together to harmonize it. Each one, each civilization, each cultural entity needs to find its cultural foundation. It is upon that a unity can be built. So the nation's soul was a very central idea for him. And in later works that he followed for the global civilization, if it is to prevent monoculture, mechanization, loss of diversity, if there is to be a cultural diversity, a thriving nations and cultures, this discovery beyond the individual soul, the discovery of the nation soul, and even the group soul was required. 
And then the third was the evolutionary crisis the humanity is into, like the ecological destruction and all the related crises, three levels of breakdown that is happening. That is, say, disconnect from nature, disconnect from the society, disconnect from our true self. All these are to be addressed by education system and educational approach. And for that is where a new type of education is required to rebuild those relationships so that regenerate and accelerate the evolutionary process to overcome the crisis by reharmonizing ourselves with nature's own impulsions. So that three layers, the individual's self-discovery, nation's own discovery, and humanity moving towards a new level of consciousness plays the underlying framework. And if we look at education, we can say broadly two domains of knowledge, world knowledge, self-knowledge. Most of our current education is dealing with world knowledge about forces of nature and how to use them, but on an external level, science, technology, engineering, math, all these are dealing with it, when economy, largely sociology, all these are largely dealing with external knowledge. There is very little self-knowledge. Integral education bases itself on first the self-knowledge as a foundation. where each individual is seen as an evolving soul with a unique potential, a unique swadharma and subhava, where nature has intended something in this individual to manifest in the collective in harmony with the larger evolutionary movement of nature. Discovering that and basing one's action upon that discovery and its dynamic force forms the foundation. And this had always been very ancient India's educational system's core foundation, so dharma. Discovering your evolutionary potential. And India has specialized in this domain of knowledge and transformational practices. The entire yogic tradition, all the way going back to the Vedic days, is about discovering that creative potential that is there in us, liberating that, basing that as the condition for a successful harmonization of the individual with the collective, not only with the immediate circle of the collective, but the larger nature. For that to happen, we need an education system that addresses, addresses this requirement directly. And here is where 
mother developed an extensive educational process in the ashram in the 40s onwards. Starting with how do we prepare the very body itself, the very adhara upon which the soul and its action is taking place. How to make the body open, supple, receptive to the inborn light and its force that propels an individual towards their highest potential. Now here is where we are touching upon the evolutionary force in nature. We know that our technologies are evolving rapidly. They are really evolving at a rate that is way beyond our own individual evolution. Now, what it means to upgrade ourselves? Where do we tap into ourselves? Where do we dive into within ourselves to find that force that will propel an individual to become a self-driven, evolving, accelerated growth path in harmony with the larger whole. And this is where the ancient discovery of the Agni of the Vedic seers, what is reformulated as the emerging psychic being and its flame, the fire that calls the individual for an adventure, bringing forth the uniqueness of the individual, their creative potential come into the picture. Like a seed has the potential, but as long as the seed is sleeping, it remains in that sleep state. But once the seed is awake, it cannot stop. It will find its resource, it will grow towards its flowering, into a plant, into a tree, towards its blooming, it cannot be stopped. Such a potential exists in human nature. Discovery of that must be the foundation. Unlike a batch production, mass production system that does not recognize the individual uniqueness, this evolutionary force sleeping in human nature needs to be awakened. And the rest are instruments through which this force acts. The body is an instrument through which it can act. So how do we prepare the body to receive the force, receive the light, so that body can move towards its perfection? Body knows how to heal itself. And if we can align the body with that evolutionary force within us, the perfection of the body is possible. So how do we prepare the body? That itself is a very, very fundamental requirement in education. Body as a receptacle for a higher force. Similarly, developing our vitality, starting with our senses. The limitation of the senses can be opened up expand the ranges, train the senses to open from the narrow limits to a wider possibility, not only external perception, but also turn the senses inward and open to the inner ranges of consciousness. Here is the whole training required at a level of the senses. 
so that instrumental perfection can grow. If we take the energy for action, how do we have abundance of energy, creative energy? The whole science of harvesting that energy, opening to the universal energy and channeling that energy. And the dynamism that comes with it, the creative force that comes with it, all these are to be part of the education. Then if we take the emotional layer, the ability to open to the streams of emotions arising from within or the collective streams, in opening to the finer movements of emotions, opening to the emotional heart and its depths, consciously, systematically. All this must be part of education. And it is within this range of what Sri Aurobindo and Mother refers to as the vital education, the whole formation of the character, because each individual comes with the possibility of light as well as a shadow, as much possibilities of realization you have, there is corresponding difficulties that will be associated with challenges put on your way. Recognizing this light and shadow and helping the light to grow so that the true personality crystallizes. This must be part of education process. Similarly, mind, training the mind, not only to analyze and synthesize, but also to be silent and receive higher inspirations, open to intuition, intuition arising from the soul, intuition arising from higher ranges of consciousness. How do we systematically train the mind to be supple, to be open, to be rich in its understanding from multiple perspectives? and to harness its formative power, its organizing power, and direct the creative force, purify the intelligent will, so that it can master its lower impulses and direct its creative force, and by silencing and surrendering, how it can open to the guidance from the soul or even higher levels of consciousness. So there is a training of the body, the training of the vital, training of the mind. All that are part of the individual who is in the process of evolution embedded in the collective. And behind it is a still deeper journey, the psychic education, where each individual is born with a possibility, a divine possibility, a purpose. Without a sense of purpose, life has no meaning. Every activity falls in place only when the sense of purpose is found. Purpose brings meaning. And that arises from the evolving soul within. So, preparing the instruments, opening to the inner journey, so that the soul can come forward and guide and take charge of the instruments and their development. So that forms the framework for education, further opening upward into 
still higher ranges that are unmanifest on Earth's nature. We do have proof of concept of various yogins showing cities, but this is still isolated prototypes, proof of the concept. It is possible to develop higher faculties of consciousness. But what is the systematic method? What is the right spiritual education for that? That's where the very ancient knowledge tradition and its synthesis become essential for the future. This precisely is where humanity is challenged because the buddhi, what we consider to be the highest faculty we have, the rational intelligence, is now getting replaced by artificially created machines that can do the thinking. Purely rational thinking can be done by the machines. So beyond buddhi, what is it? How do we upgrade ourselves? So far we have been the thinkers. We could walk, then we replaced it with wheeled vehicles that can go faster or we can fly. Your, our eyesight has been extended by telescope. Now our thinking capacity is getting augmented by machine intelligence. We didn't lose our legs. We didn't lose our eyes. We, didn't, we are not going to lose our thinking power, but we have other true human possibilities. What we call vaguely intuition, the higher ranges of cognition, not only cognition, corresponding powers of action. And Mother and Chirbin, the force is not only that, going beyond that individual mold to the universal being, which is an essential condition for human unity. How to transcend the ego-bound human nature, which is causing the disconnect from nature, from the society. How to dissolve that boundaries and its limitations and open ourselves to a greater will, a greater consciousness, a greater wisdom, a greater light. It is that will play as the integrator, harmonizer. And that's why integral education, the integrality plays the key role. That integrality is brought by this harmonizing faculty that is deep within the emerging soul, which is the divine element within, in harmony with the whole. So how to train the mind, train the vital, train the physical, to come in touch with it, so we not only develop self-awareness, but also its light and force grow and harmonize. When people speak about holistic education, what does it actually mean? Or these days there are many talks about head, hands and heart. But that falls still into instrumental nature. What is that integrative factor? This is where the psychic being in the process of individualization, discovering the true individual, the divine individual within, that can harmonize not only individual life, but also open to the group soul, through that to the nation soul, to the soul of humanity. 
a harmonization at a global level and an action possibility that arises out of it when we open to the will that is beyond the individual when we open to the knowledge that is beyond the individual out of that arise the right knowledge right rhythm right force right action it is that will put an individual in harmony with everything else a social transformation naturally follows harmonization with ecosystem nature everything follows but the key note is that emerging psychic being and its impulsion towards truth goodness and beauty an education that is aligned towards it an education that puts this at the center out of that comes the world knowledge and world action foundation is this self knowledge self propulsion self drive self luminous self radiant power of our being to be discovered so mother has envisioned the city or oroville where this has to be the foundation it's a field of unending education from birth to death you root yourself upon that impulsion rising from the depth and align yourself with the group soul and evolve together collectively and this is the stage of human evolution where it is no more about individual liberation but the group evolution a collective transformation where individual plays a key role the group has to find its soul just as individual has to find its soul and that is the kind of education institutions we need for the tomorrow institutions with the soul a conscious individuals self driven self aware self guided in alignment with the greater whole purnamada purnamidam purnat purnam udachyate purnasya purnasya purnamadaya purnam eva avashishyate everything is part of the larger whole when you know the whole you know the part as a whole and that is the foundation for the future of the individual evolution the group's evolution nation's evolution and human unity we need that kind of an education so with that i would like to invite divyanti to share how we are applying this in our institution bringing forth our educational programs over to you divyanti thank you manoj for very beautifully setting the context and speaking about the power of integral education so at purnam um, the role that i play is of how does one dynamize the profound gold mine of knowledge which lies in the works of mother and sri aurobindo there's like such a deep knowledge which is there and how does one bring it into life so the way we've been approaching it is is for different people there are going to be different entry points for some people it is going to happen through reading 
through uh, contemplation, through research. And for that, we have, for instance, a course called Swadhyaya, wherein people learn how to read the works of Sri Aurobindo and the Madha, their original works, because many people find it sometimes difficult to read their original works, and often they depend on others to pull out that knowledge. So how can one begin to read the works of Sri Aurobindo and the Madha? Then some people would enter not so much through the mind, through reading, but would enter more so directly, would enter more so through art, through colors, through painting. And for that, we have a course called Savitri Painting, where students enter or participants of all ages, adults of all ages, enter through art, through music through poetry, not necessarily artists, but normal people, sadhaks who want to use art, music and poetry to get a sense of that radiant soul within. And then we have Swadharma, which is for young people of the world who may not even know that, you know, they're seeking spiritually they're just feeling uncomfortable you know they are in college and wondering why am i you know running after money or they are in a job and wondering that you know what is this nine to five and what is this toxic environment what am i working towards and they're looking for a new world so how can we enable them to find their deeper self and start walking from that sense into life so like that, there are many courses, programs and projects that are emerging. And the beautiful thing is now the alumna themselves are creating these practice labs. Practice labs where spirituality is not just one part of life, but spirituality is getting integrated in different parts of life. To give an example, Something as simple as keeping a calendar, a Google Calendar. How can Google Calendar itself become a space of sadhana? So there is one practice group currently of 15 people who's just looking into that. Another practice group is, say, speaking and listening. How can the process of speaking and listening itself become a conscious process? So we are really looking at living labs, living practice communities, wherein people come together to look at how can we dynamize this knowledge? How can we practice in everyday life? So with that, I would like to invite three change makers from the community who have been holding this community who've been practitioners themselves or students themselves but now are also holding several of these practice labs. I'd like to begin with inviting Nikhil who came to us through a program called Swadharma and uh, he's also been a part of the Oro Youth Camp with Sri Aurobindo Society. After these two programs, which is Swadharma and Oro Youth, something within him shifted and the course of his life shifted. He went on to do a two-year master's in yogic science. 
at Dev Sanskriti Vishwavidyalaya in Haridwar, which then became the basis of now him being a part as an assistant professor in the Department of Yogic Science at Lakshmibai National Institute of Physical Education in Kualiyar. As a part of the integral education community, he's really the one who's holding. Right now, we are doing a course with 121 people on Karma Yoga. And he's holding the practice dimension of that community, the reading aspect of that community, the daily prompts that are given. And he's also one of the core people who's holding the synthesis of yoga community. So we have a group of sincere sadhats, a smaller, smaller group of sincere sadhats who have been learning about synthesis of yoga and learning how to practice it, how to bring it into life. And he, he's been anchored in that space so with that well, thank you so much divyanshi uh, regarding my journey i would share like uh, when i came uh, for swadharma uh, i completed my engineering and i was really confused as you mentioned like different people have different entry point towards the integral perspective and swadharma the program itself gave me so many new seeds to think upon and to grow upon Later on, after the program, I traveled a little bit and explored and then somehow the journey for my master's degree in yogic science began. After studying from that institute also and having some seeds of uh, integral education with me, I knew like I no, don't have to go too much towards like the individual aspect of spirituality. So this collective aspect that we hold in uh, integral education kind of uh, was at the very core of my understanding of every scripture that we read like Upanishads or Vedas or Bhagavad Gita. So whatever I used to read, I used to contemplate on it from the integral perspective. Later on, after completing my course, uh, currently as I'm volunteering uh, with the integral education portal, Purnam, so I'm really getting a chance to apply it with different sadhakas who are coming together from different fields. And the joy of it is uh, so much, it's like basking in this sunshine together and like joyfully growing together as flowers. Where just a small example, like we had a painting session a few days back and there was this one person who shared her painting later on after the session. And she was like, I picked up these brushes and paints after my uh, first or second standard of school. And now that I'm painting, I'm feeling so much like I can express from my heart and from different regions which I didn't even know existed inside me or the emotions that existed inside me. So different people, they are, when I'm volunteering and trying to bring everyone together as a community for a collective growth, I see a variety of people entering from different points. For some, it will be intellect. For some, it will be very much from the heart and emotions so to carry all that together with the teachings of uh, mother and Sri Aurobindo without being too much you know like as Divyanshi shared like the dynamism of the process not always saying like okay mother said like this so we are doing like this or Sri Aurobindo said like this so, but how to actually apply or bring it in practice in our daily state of life like 12 qualities of mother can we take up one quality per month and try to apply it at our workplace or as a student or if we are playing a sport, just applying it as a sincere activity for our daily growth. 
so these kind of steps are what we are taking through this portal and in the process of uh, taking others with us i am getting so much of benefit in my daily sadhana also so i'm really grateful for that uh, next up is uh, one of my fellow uh, practitioner she is uh, palak and uh, she entered uh, the journey through a course called swadhyaya later on uh, she started volunteering with poonam and she holds a uh, multiple place uh, spaces like savitri painting sessions and she has been really upfront with the integral education portal outreach system so and recently she did her swadharma program as well so palak please go ahead and share thank you thank you so much nikhil and uh, really grateful to everybody who's here today so for me uh, the way poonam transformed my life was in really the three aspects um, that manojta mentioned in his talk so to begin with i really felt that the opportunity that that i got here it was really very different different in the sense that i was not just theoretically learning you know what is integral yoga or what does mother and shorabindo say about integral education but really uh, there was always this yearning of you know how does one live integrally or how does one really put it into practice that aspect really came alive for me over the last one year and uh, something that i've always been sharing you know always there is this thing you know if i am in pondicherry or if i'm in oroville or i mean if i'm in a study camp somewhere it would have been so much easier but the true crux of integral yoga is really being able to apply it in these variables of the home of the workplace and all these courses and these volunteering opportunities have really brought that out like you know how do i practice it while i'm cooking or even if like i'm having a situation of a conflict how am i able to really hold that space of calm within these things probably i could never have imagined and in my mind would always tell me that i have to be in a particular place to be able to practice this but i felt that this was one of the major major uh, things that you know came to life and really came as a big transformation for me the second thing that i uh, nikhil highlighted very beautifully is about the dynamic aspect and manushta was also referring to that living soul within and where or what is the need of that living soul at this moment so i really felt over the last one one and a half year there have been so many things that i've been engaged with but everything came in my life at a point wherein something needed to emerge something needed to transform something that i needed to learn at that point of time so it it is not like step number 1 to step number 5 it is not like a five step process but a process that is really individual very customized to what your soul is really seeking at a particular time having said that the third thing that i would talk about and really highlight is the aspect of community and how several people come together and as they come together the little little baby baby fires they just get together to form that big fire of aspiration and collectively just move everybody uh, you know together upwards so 
like right from that aspect of a custom journey to a collective journey moving towards you know really holding hands together so one thing that probably all of us struggle with is finding that motivation or that real that little push or that real nudge that how, how do i keep my practice going when i am in a study circle or when i am in a retreat i am really able to hold that you know hold that consciousness very alive within me but as soon as i come back home i somehow start losing it but this aspect of community and online community has really being together at all times like you know every time they are with me whenever i am falling back or whenever somebody from the community is falling back we all are there to just share our energies and with that shared energy how do we all just keep moving forward so yeah it has really really been a very transformative journey and uh, really grateful for uh, this opportunity in the first place with that i'll invite our next practitioner surya so surya also came uh, to purnam through a course which is uh, swadharma and since then he has uh, become like you know purnam's only he recently moved to oruville and uh, he has been an integral part he's currently leading the website uh, renovation and development of oruville apart from uh, co-holding several spaces like uh, swadharma online course swadhyay course as well as the savitri painting courses so with that over to you surya namaste everyone thank you palak uh, i think manoj very beautifully outlined the need of integral education and how it's so transformational uh, for me the depth and breadth of integral education covers so much like from emotions to the physical all of that has been such a vital it played a vital role in my development and coming from a traditional spiritual background where there is a more of tendency to just go inward and withdraw from action but moving into this being in this space and working with uh, purnam i've really understood uh, this aspect of karma yoga and learning by action and engaging with life with that dynamism and seeing how trans- transformation is manifold when we uh, learn by doing so that had really come, came alive for me and seeing that uh, the world also needs to be transformed and that is a perspective that sri arbindo and mother really brings in very powerfully and uh, the aspect of this collective sadhana and doing it together with everyone is so joyful and uh, discovering that group soul at first at a communal level and then from that going more and more above that really accelerated my sadhana and intensified it and if any time i need support i know always that there is somebody there to help me out before it was more of an individual process where you're in isolation you don't know how to and you get stuck sometimes and similar like we are also doing like a synthesis of yoga reading circle every morning at 7 am to 7:30 and it's such a beautiful way to begin the day and uh, just basking in that light of integral education and how manoj talked about all of integral education is aligning with that psychic being and allowing allowing that to lead the transformation and i've seen for myself how getting in touch whatever we do we get in touch with our practices with more and more with that force and seeing that it is the true leader and these qualities of leadership also emerge from that and i've seen myself how i'm taking more and more responsibilities and unlocking capacities that i 
never thought were possible for me and a potential that i never thought were possible for me and seeing how like how we're seeing technology that is evolving so rapidly i truly believe that once we align with this psychic force our evolution itself can maybe even go beyond the evolution of technology because i've seen as i uh, align more and more with this force i am not able to recognize myself because there is so much change happening and all of integral education is getting together and aligning ourselves to that evolutionary force and uh, i really see at the, an incredible role that integral education has to play in uh, aligning ourselves with that force and taking humanity to the next level and unlocking that real potential that all of us carry uh, with that i would like divyanshi uh, to come and give us the conclusion thank you everyone thank you surya thank you all of you thank you for being such a wonderful audience thank you manoj for the keynote speak and thank you palak surya nikhil for the really sharing your journey and thank you sampadda and abhishek for inviting us here i'm going to be putting a few website on websites on chat you can note it down not to go through it right now but later on for your reference i'm going to be putting these websites uh with that i'd like to hand over to abhishek now who take it forward to looking at the application of integral education and the marriage of integral education and the current context of nep over to you abhishek thank you divyanshi ji we at rashtram are really grateful to purnam center for this keynote address really thankful to manoj ji for setting the context of this webinar series and really great experiences are shared by nikhil surya and palak this has really set the tone of this series of webinars now i would like to welcome sri anurag as sri anurag sukla ji he is a researcher and doctoral student from iim ahmedabad he will be moderating the part 2 of this webinar section which is a panel discussion on the integrality of the new education policy i welcome anurag sukla ji and i request him to introduce our other panel members and take this forward namaste uh, thank you abhishek uh, namaste namaste everyone and and welcome to the panel discussion part of this session on integrality of new education policy and we have with us uh, today immensely learned uh, panelist who would be discussing the relevance of new education policy in in nurturing several aspects of integral education uh, so we have dr k parmeshwaran with us uh, who who is a associate professor of law uh, and former dean at gujarat national law university Uh, he holds bachelor's degree in law and administration master's degree in international and constitutional law and he has completed his phd in international law and he has interdisciplinary interests uh, he pioneered a, a subject in law uh, in uh, which is called law religion spirituality and justice uh, and ethics skill and development uh, and and uh, and he teaches training programs on spirituality higher values ethics uh, for various stakeholders and also with us today uh, we have professor uh, 
Vadya. She is uh, an associate professor at University of Mumbai. She has master's in uh, philosophy from University of Mumbai and completed her PhD uh, exploring philosophy of education according to Swami Vivekananda and Sri Aurobindo, exploring their philosophies and integrating them with educational philosophies. Uh, Professor Vadde has also conducted various workshops on range of topics, including yoga, mental health, philosophy, management, ethics, etc. Uh, so now, without like further ado, let us get into discussing the contours of new educational policy from the perspective of Sri Arvindo. So, so I would like to like begin this session with like asking Professor uh, Dr. K. Uh, Parmeshwaran. On, on the continuities and discontinuities of integral education into the new education policy. So what sort of continuities we see in education policies, new education policy, and, and what are the aspects which might be left out of it? Thank you for this wonderful opportunity. And uh, I'm really very happy to know about this webinar and the congregation of various speakers with Manoj Pavitran starting the keynote address with a great spirit, giving us the picture of what a teacher should be, what an educator should be, what a student should be. Unless and until the individual transformation takes place, we may not be able to contribute anything outside in the society, in the nation development and humanity as a whole. But the biggest challenge for all of us especially those who are in the field of uh, proper academics in an academic uh, fraternity group and industry where we are governed by rules and regulations like UGC, for example, in my case, it is Bar Council of India Education and so on. The difficulty is to show that how to apply Shirobindo's teachings in the educational context, whatever be the educational context. Of course, I belong to the legal educational context. I'm not going to go into that. But the biggest challenge for all of us is to rationally explain how Sri Aurobindo's teachings on education is very relevant for today. This is where I discovered when I was reading the national education policy, I request everyone to pay close attention to that document. It's only 66 pages. You have school education on that, you have higher education on that, you have vocational education, how to implement and all that. When I was reading the full document, 66 pages, I found three principles which Sri Aurobindo spoke about, what a teacher should be or how teaching should be. They're exactly there. And we need to keep in mind that Sri Aurobindo wrote this document in the year 1909 more than 100 years before and all that the education which is now being discussed and debated what should be the future education be it national education policy or international education or pedagogy methods from Carnegie and uh, European standards and so on they all have exactly come to this point I will show three interesting correlations with which each and every teacher here who are present here and who are teaching in different universities, they have to take these kind of intersecting, integrating points. Because on one side you have UGC and the national system, 
on another side you have international standards and benchmarks on how education should be learning should be teaching should be assessment should be and so on on the other side we have shri arbindo it is very easy to convince people who belong to shri arbindo who love shri arbindo but it is very difficult to convince a person who has not read shri arbindo how do we do that that is the biggest challenge that i am finding and that's exactly where i am going to explain here if you see the national education policy talks about learning environment they say three key things the learning environment should be stimulating yes and it should be enriched and it should be positive which means if the whole learning environment has to be stimulating it has to be enriched and positive towards some direction then there cannot be any divide between a teacher and a student there cannot be any division between a person who is instructing and the person who is receiving this is exactly where the first principle of what shri arbindo calls the first principle of true teaching is that nothing can be taught a teacher is not an instructor or a taskmaster he is a helper and a guide his business is to suggest and not to impose this he said in the year 1909 the current learning environment as well as the modern educational research is exactly on this point you read the document of nep they talk about stimulation they talk about positivity they talk about enriched that enrichment can happen only when we understand that knowledge is not just a one way process it is a two way process in which the learning happens from both the sides this is the first principle we need to keep in mind when we are introducing shri arbindo's thoughts in our education be it legal education social sciences technical science whatever that you belong to the second most interesting point the nep talks about unique capabilities creativity and diversity how do we nurture unique capabilities because in my class 200 students are there all the 200 students are differently uh, wired in their thinking in their emotions in their senses and the body their whole personality is completely different from each and every one they have their past they have their family culture tradition religion so many things are there so each and every student is different but nep says that you need to nurture each and every one's unique capability by introducing the creativity thereby you address diversity you correlate with sherbin the second principle of teaching he says mind has to be consulted in its growth each and every student's mind not just we take students as a whole as one mind no it is not like this each and every student and he also says the idea of hammering the child into a shape desired by the parent or teacher is a barbarous and ignorant superstition it is he himself who must be induced to expand in accordance with his own nature that's exactly where the creativity comes and the teacher facilitating the learning environment is exactly the unique capability nurturing the chief aim of education should be to help the growing soul to draw out that in itself which is best and make it perfect for a noble use this is the second principle which has a direct correlation with nep which talks about unique capability nurturing bringing innovation and creativity addressing the diversity which exists this is the second most interesting principle we need to keep in mind the third he says the nep says the curricular integration needs to be made no subject is independent 
each and every subject and the knowledge of it is interdependent. Sri Aurobindo says in one of the places which I saw in the Baroda University as a court in one of the classrooms, very beautiful it was, that which is known, everything is known. We are slowly moving towards that. The modern pedagogy talks about interdisciplinary, it talks about cross-disciplinary, it talks about multidisciplinary, it talks about transdisciplinary, but Sri Aurobindo combined all these inter, cross, multi and trans in such a beautiful way, he says, which is connecting with the third principle, which the NEP talks about, how do we make the curricular integration? How do we bring skills of each and everyone together? How do we connect one subject to the other subject? Sharmindo gives a very beautiful answer. He says, the third principle of education is to work from the near to the far. Whatever that is there currently with you, if I'm studying this subject, law subject of a particular law subject, I need to go to the far by going deep into the subject. For example, I used to say, the more I dig into the law, the legal domain, the legal knowledge, I found economics, I found sociology, I found history, I found culture, I found religion, I found spirituality. So when you dig deeper into your own subject, you will be exploring all other subjects in which you will reach a source which will be the integration point. This has to be intellectually and rationally done. And he says, a free and natural growth is the condition of genuine development. And this is the way in which a free natural growth can be developed because each and every student is different. Now, to quickly summarize, what we need to understand here is this, the contribution of NEP 2020 is exactly addressing the three principles of what Sri has told, how education should be. And then it is followed up by an implementation that is there in the NDP in which you have three important tools that are given to teachers and educational institutions. Whatever be the education that you deal with, be it sciences or technical or social or legal, whatever be the discipline of knowledge. They say each and every institution is having the fullest autonomy that is possible. NEP has given that. Second, you have every right to have innovation in your subject, in your teaching methodology, in your assessment of students. And third, it is your duty to enrich the learning environment. And finally, how you take the whole thing in integrating this, all these things. So Sri Aurobindo speaks about the three instruments of a teacher, the role of a teacher. That's exactly where we all come into picture. The instruction, the example, and the influence, which means we need to move from information to intuition and inspiration. And for that, you need to keep in mind that NEP has given that role. We are forgetting it. We need to take the argument very strongly, very rationally by studying Sri Aurobindo, by studying NEP, by studying all the modern educational pedagogies and their limitations in the scope. And we need to provide an answer. All over the world, they say that equity and accessibility and innovation and diversity is the crux of education. Everyone should have an equal opportunity to education. It's just, just not only an entry into an educational institution, but an entry into the inner question. Why a student is entering the school? Why a student is entering a college or a university? He or she who wants to find that self-discovery. And after that, after the minimum, after the first entry into the educational institution, it is the role between the teacher and the student that play a very crucial role. So keep all the three principles of 
uh, teaching the learning environment of what Sri Aurobindo has said, and keep all the three instruments of a teacher: the instruction, the example, and the influence. That's exactly where we need to target ourselves, and that's exactly where what Manoj has said: the individual practice plays very crucial role. Unless and until you do that individual practice in your own house, in your own cabin, in your own university, and bring that and flush it out in the atmosphere around with that charge, you will not be able to make an impact. And that's exactly what education wants. Can you believe that the national education policy wants us to do something which Sri Aurobindo has said 110 years back? What more do we need? Nothing else. the responsibility is on all of us the research that we do the teaching that we do the assessment that we do they all are starting from the teacher from inside mm. if you go by a mechanical approach of this is needs to be taught just as an instruction it will not work each and every individual in this modern age of information communication technology and artificial intelligence everyone has the information everyone is information efficient now is the role for inspiration now is the role for intuition which if you take the sadhana inside inward upward and then bring it again back to the society bring it back again to the education institutions where you are working i used to give simple tips to teachers and the students that before you go to class just step back for a while remain if you are not able to step back and if there are noises go outside see a garden just concentrate on a flower see the beauty of it the same beauty is there inside us it's because the beauty is there inside you you are able to recognize the beauty outside see the vastness of the nature the power of the universe it's because it is there inside so we are able to see and recognize it it can be brought from within it is perfectly possible and finally to just to give a concluding point this is my experience and observation in the last 21 years of my teaching and especially in the last Six years where I am teaching spirituality in legal education, ethics in legal profession, and so on. Demand is so much, but supply is very less. Who is going to supply this? Unless and until you read Mother and Sheer Abindo on education, the three volumes which are there. Unless and until you read the crux of what Sheer Abindo's Integral Yoga, which is world affirming, which is world oriented, because the moment you use the spirituality, the moment you use the terminology consciousness people think that it is something that is not applicable to my life it is something not applicable to my research something not applicable to my career this is what the brainwashed thinking of last 1000 years we have been fed in this so we need to integrate we need to rationally explain the mind after which they get the entry in words so this is exactly what i wanted to share if there is anything else that i can share more i have certain practical examples of how it can be done for example in my legal education i did it using the bar council curriculum using the ugc benchmark standards using the carnegie model benchmark standards because that's how the world is so i have to move with the world in which they are understanding education in these terms not in shared in those terms but if i draw parallel if i bring the integration then it is very easy to show it and for that we need to integrate ourselves the intra personality of the mind emotion sense and the body to the psychic inward to the self above and then bring the shakti from above open it the intuition comes the inspiration comes and so on and then reemerge in the world 
your perspective changes your research changes your communication changes everything changes this is what i wanted to share with all of you i'm so thankful to to the organizers of this wonderful program for giving me this opportunity if there are any questions i can sure please. sure uh, now i would request professor vadya to to present her thoughts on new education policy and integrating it with ियन have manifested in this new education policy and my analysis is from that perspective as a researcher as a teacher and a student as well so when we look at the integrality and introspection uh, when we study sri aurobindo's thoughts on education we see this concern for the people of the world the focus on how one should become how the society should evolve and something beyond the deeper reflections on evolution are our dimensions of inspiration and integral education in that sense is having that unique connection as i look at it from the philosopher's perspective i see that the new education policy is trying to reflect or extend this concern for the people although after many years it it's taken a long time but i feel there is a fantastic divine arrangement in this process of manifestation and thus the new education policy 2020 for me is not just a policy but it is a process of initiation and in this process of initiation each one of us has to perform our role uh where we are trying to say that studying shorobindo's thoughts is one important dimension but taking it forward and practicing it and helping each other to know the best dimensions which we can share with all others in the academic framework as well as the social framework so i look at this policy as a road map of india's future that future which is not just focusing on profit but that future which is focusing on progress and prosperity on peace which the world needs india will be in few years time we will have many more peace ambassadors where we will be in a position to explore the dynamics of peace to live a much better life we are living so the strengthening of the connection with oneself and others and the human life exploration that is evolving and contributing in this particular dimension becomes very interesting the interconnect uh, when we see that there is some kind of a dimension of this interconnect uh, the presence of divine grace and guidance which is provided by sri aurobindo uh, the process of manifestation as i look at it a uh, new education policy 2020 according to me is a creative force that is all set to guide and so 
uh, as uh, we very well know that uh, whenever as a researcher i used to study sri aurobindo's thoughts years back when i did my phd on sri aurobindo's thoughts on education i would always have this question then when are these changes going to come in our country and there were certain uh, uh, hours where i would just be very disturbed that learning and not seeing that change that i could see the gap and i would always pray that this change should manifest in some way somewhere as a teacher within i started changing as i read more i met scholars i did some i i tried to introspect but at a larger level i needed that kind of a change and as a teacher i started doing it in my own classrooms so i think uh, gradually uh, this change when i see this at a higher level at a more concrete level of nep 2020 i see that optimism i see that uh, possibility of transformation so when we look at the new education policy 2020 the interconnect of matter spirit uh, when we look at the education at different levels for example in the school education in 3.6 we see that uh, there is a reflection on the initiative of the government and ngos to build schools and there is also focus on encouraging the cultural realm of it so it's a very interesting process that it is not only what happens in the school that is important but the process where the school is built up the process of people coming together the process of this concern that there is a need not only of the infrastructure but also creative minds who have to come together to synthesize in 9.1.1 that is a focus on quality higher education where we focus on the aspect of uh, developing good thoughts well rounded personality and creative individuals when we study shorobindo's thoughts the emphasis on uh, becoming a better human person uh, through reflection is indicative and in the qualitative realm of higher education this is considered very very essential which implies that it is not just what you know but what you do with what you know which is also important the second dimension uh, which i have tried to focus is on human development and the connect of self and society now when we look at the self and society dimension we trying to say that uh, when we look at human development there are certain references in school education in 4.4 where we focus on building character integration and incorporation engaging processes of teaching and learning now here we are trying to say that this particular development and the layers of human body and mind enriching learning experience where i feel that this connect is very very important because the physical awareness and the mental exploration and the calmness and the contentment all these at a very subtle level are uh, reflected in the new education policy and i see 
Sri Aurobindo's thoughts on education, the reflections of this throughout the NEP as I started analyzing it, the focus on integration of information and transformation. For example, in the section on professional education, I tried to explore that there is also focus not just on the profession, but the duty-centric approach, which is central to the Indian philosophical thought. So when we look at the enhancing awareness patterns through the education, we are trying to say that uh, in 4.6, the new education policy 2020, when we talk about enhancing awareness patterns through education, uh, there is a focus on storytelling, uh, sports integrated education, or in 4.7 of the NEP, there is a focus on art and culture, integration of Indian art. Uh, when we look at uh, Sri Aurobindo's foundations of Indian culture and his reflections on art, and when we look at his um, literary contributions, uh, we see that this aspect is focusing on that awareness pattern, which is as if opening the windows to understand that within. So this particular aspect, which is very, very important, uh, where we are trying to focus that enhancing awareness patterns through education, which uh, as we understand that uh, not everybody would understand what consciousness is or when we focus on the uh, dimensions of transformation from the perspective of Sri Aurobindo's philosophy. But when we are trying to look at all these initiatives which are reflected, these for others would be more meaningful and acceptable when we are trying to say that it is helping us to develop more in the aspect of awareness. And that's why something which is interesting here is also 4.8 in school education, where there is a mention of sports integration. Now, when we look at the physical education realm, the 4.8 of the new education policy 2020 focuses on fitness uh, as a lifelong uh, approach, that is the focus on sports. Uh, the benefit of it is at the physical level, the psychological level, and also it helps in enriching the cognitive abilities. Now, this comes very close to what Yorobindo and the mother uh, try to reflect on the aspects of education, on aspect of transformation. And I think here, the sports integration is a very unique aspect in the sense that it is not just sports in the sense most of the people understand it, but this is sports which is going deeper where this connect of the body-mind aspect is becoming more and more explicit. That is what I look at. When we look at the NEP 2020, I see uh, when I read uh, Sri Aurobindo's thoughts on education again and again, I see that there is also an effort in nurturing generations next. Now, this is where I've used the word nurturing generations, where there's a lot of effort which I see in NEP, which is uh, very coming closer to Sri Aurobindo's approach, where this nurturing generations is trying to 
guide the generation next that is through teaching learning and uh, through uh, the integration of different approaches that an effort is made to help teachers help pupils help all the stakeholders to together process in a progress in that perspective of understanding the purposefulness of this human life and this is something i think fundamental to understanding why this nep 2020 has come so in this sense when we look at the nurturing generations next this is not just for a few years but this is a policy uh, which has a dimension with which has a thought for the future with a lot of concern and here also there is an attempt uh, focus on learning languages 4.17 there is a emphasis on language and the multilingual lingual aspect of it but there is also focus on sanskrit now here there is a mention that uh, the dimension of sanskrit the emphasis on sanskrit is trying to initiate that interest in sanskrit which is very important especially at the school level the focus is very very important and when we look at this dimension of language and the connect to a qualitative life and understanding the the uh, the uh, relevance of good life i think the future concerns are very broad based when we look at the nep what interests me as a teacher and when i look at shorobindo's thoughts and then in my becoming of a teacher uh, is something uh, where teachers as facilitators the nep uh, focuses in 5.1 the quality of teacher education special education training teachers is essential and 5.14 is very interesting because there is a focus on the freedom to become facilitators so here the focus is on freedom which is given that is they can teach the way they want to as a researcher when i look at this concept of freedom i am reminded of sri aurobindo when he says about the human mind when he talks about that how the teachers have to be facilitators so here i think uh, the new education policy makes a very interesting focus on looking within and beyond helping teachers to look within and beyond if we read the new education policy in a very minute way we would see that teachers are also uh, they are given this freedom to not to indulge in all other processes which then generally they are given uh uh where they are distracted in many ways so there is a emphasis that teachers should not be given other duties other than what they are supposed to do as teachers so i think even that attempt is uh, uh trying to focus on that aspect of looking within and going beyond and if we have teachers who start reflecting on this aspect of looking within and beyond i think uh, it will be a very very important step in bringing forward that transformation which we have uh, tried to reflect now comes the question the need to train the new education policy 2020 and sri aurobindo's reflections uh, which i was able to see and i felt so happy that 
the concern is manifested in such a great way. But at a point, I'm also concerned that how do we take this forward? Now, here I'm saying, how do we, because uh, most of us here are, uh, uh, we have been fortunate to study Sri Aurobindo's thoughts or conduct training programs or be a part of discussion or uh, gain training. So we have in some way, some dimension of this particular aspect. Uh, I'm not trying to say that uh, reflections or Sri Aurobindo's thoughts is the only way. But it is one of the most important ways as we try to look. And there are many other ways as we look at the Indian dimension of uh, this transformative initiatives taken by so many other philosophers. But our role and responsibilities as we represent uh, uh, different organizations in context to whatever we have studied and that which has guided us, I, I think our role and responsibilities become more meaningful uh, because it is now that we have to start sharing more. We have to uh, indulge in collective reflections with those people who perhaps do not have any kind of an orientation about your window's thoughts or his reflections on how this transformation can take place. So there is a need to uh, focus on more research papers, articles. Uh, we have to take this thought at different levels. We have to create some content which is so effective that uh, in this process of uh, helping people to understand, this understanding which I am trying to focus will become more and more deeper and more and more relevant. And in this uh, particular aspect, the need is to spread awareness. And this awareness is for the ethical and moral harmony which we want in this world. We want these initiatives which will also focus on diversity to learn and share and we will also be in a position to integrate and explore the interconnect of divinity and education. This is what I feel. Uh, there are many, many ways by which we all are in this process of spreading awareness. Uh, but now we have to do it a little with more pace and we have to be more innovative in our training, in our technology and training integration, in our uh, focus on uh, developing a group of like-minded people and making an action plan which will be more focused moving towards that dimension of what the new education policy uh, is trying to hint at us. And in that sense, I look at the integrality of the new education policy. I will be very happy to receive any questions or any particular further explorations which are required. Uh, thank you very much. And this is what I wanted to say. In fact, I would uh, again like to thank the organizers because uh, when I sat to analyze the new education policy uh, 2020 and uh, the reflections on Shiorobindo's thoughts, uh, it was becoming a process which was giving me a lot of joy. And as a researcher, I really enjoyed the process. So I again wish to uh, extend my gratitude to the organizers. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you so much, Professor Radhya, for sharing your thoughts. Thank you. 
so uh, and i would also like to inform uh, everyone on this on this uh, in this on this session who who are attending this session professor k parmeshwaran had to leave this meeting because he had some urgency but professor priya vadya is going to be here to answer our questions uh, and so so let me uh, begin with my question to to professor vadya yeah so so ma'am uh, so sometimes so i i also i have gone through uh, professor see uh, our those thoughts and visions on education and also went through uh, this new nep policy document and there are many many similarities so many continuities so so my question to you is that that sometimes forms seem familiar so so we may see these similarities continuities in these policy documents but at the implementation level things may get routinized so so what kind of what sort of care so so we we need to be very care, careful and and what should be the way forward when we going to implement these this policy document in our schools and colleges yeah anurag it's very interesting question uh my take on this is uh, i'm sure there are many universities and uh, school uh, authorities who are already into this teach uh, conducting training programs for teachers and for other uh, stakeholders uh, i feel that uh, a perspective can be definitely shared because the more the merrier this perspective which uh, there are many different indian philosophers where these perspectives come very closer to some of the philosophers so i feel that uh, although we we cannot say that um, it cannot be controlled in that sense but uh, more of awareness is required and a more a systematic approach i feel that uh, uh, this initiative uh, in context to organizations which are uh, engaged in uh focusing on shorobindo's thoughts on education i uh, should take a lead in also extending uh an approach where there can be training programs which can be organized for schools for universities for people who are interested to take it forward it will uh, definitely require a lot of uh, help from other like minded people to connect with uh, that those centers but this i think will be the most essential thing which can be done and it can be done in a particular way which is very systematic in the sense that looking at the new education policy and where is the requirement which is felt that is when i train teachers when i go to schools colleges or when i speak to students uh, or i speak to teachers or principals there's always a question that uh, we want to do something good but we don't know how to go about it so so the first thing is most people are ready for the transformation but they have to be given some kind of a dimension that this can be done in this particular way in this sense uh focusing on the key dimensions of shorobindo's philosophy will be very interesting but we do not have much time 
to give a very detailed uh, aspect of it at this point when teachers are now getting ready to go to the classrooms or you know they have been given some work in context to the syllabus and the curriculum development so we have to give them some dimensions as key pointers uh, which will help them to focus on the transformation which they expect second important thing is uh, as when we reach yorobindo's thoughts on education as a researcher i feel there is a focus on self leadership when rashtram is focusing on the dimension of leadership uh i would like to suggest that if there are certain self leadership programs where this awareness programs for teachers is uh, developed uh we will have a lot of uh, contribution by teachers all over the country who will be in a position to uh, contribute a repository of all the creative activities which teachers can conduct and there can be levels school education this to this this to this if there is a repository which is uh, created and uh, evolving out of the self leadership i think uh, that this repository can be used and this will help teachers uh, the schools or the universities uh, spread across and also the uh, rural education when we talk about so in what way we can connect and develop these bridges and uh, from uh, from this that oh it it never happened now it is happening and we have to look at it in a very pro- positive way we have technology we have people we have all the content with us and we also have the will so i think uh, there is a need to sit discuss and maybe we take uh, this particular dimension uh, at uh, in context to one particular state we try to do it with a uh, few universities and schools and it can be some kind of a way by which it is time bound that in 6 to 8 months what are the queries which we get from the teachers or in uh, schools and colleges we have some study centers and we can have some kind of a nodal point where we will have some people who will take in charge you know so so there can be a lot of things which can be done and i always feel that it is possible and this comes when i'm saying this uh, from shorobindo's thoughts the optimism one receives i think uh, as i said that there is a divine purpose and this uh, means all the difficulties we can overcome and we can transcend if we decide to do it at the individual level also we can do like if you are a person who has uh, shorobindo's uh, the understanding of shorobindo's thoughts one can do it one can you know uh, take the lead uh, develop videos share it i think uh, one or many the will is required and it can be done thank you okay so so on this note i i also have a related question yeah so so for for example uh, sri arvindo in his philosophies philosophy on education he talks about creating aadhara base on which uh, other aspects of education education are taken care of and in education policy we we can we can see this expression when the nep document talks about foundational capacities uh, and and that those foundational capacities also include uh, higher order cognitive capacities but when we see this getting 
implemented, we have seen that how then it, it gets reduced to merely reading, learning, learning and writing or, or, or basic arithmetic skills. So, so at the same time, if you're not exposed to a grand vision of Sri Aurobindo's, then there is also a danger of misinterpreting him or a danger of misunderstanding him. So, so going forward, how should we be careful about doing something which, which remains uh, loyal to Sri Aurobindo's ideas and, and visions? From the philosophical angle, if I have to handle this question, when we look at the National Education Policy 2020, since we have tried to study Sri Aurobindo's thoughts, we try to have that kind of a connect. But for the others who have not studied it, it is a new education policy 2020. Okay. So this particular burden that how do we carry forward or how do we help others to understand? I think uh, one should, uh, there is a need to unlearn this. The point here is to look at it that what is essential from the process of transformation. Okay. Yes. And as when we look at Sri Aurobindo's writings also, he has never stated anywhere that this is because I have said it, so it should be done. No, there is total space and freedom that it should be taken in that process where nothing should be imposed. Okay, that, that applies to anything, that freedom. So, so uh, there is a need that uh, when we have the critical thinking ability, which is also mentioned in the new education policy, when we apply the new education policy and we want to take it to the people, uh, I feel that uh, it will not be possible entirely to have a kind of a change very fast or not everybody will understand the dimension of Shorobindo's thoughts right away because there are people who will come from different disciplines, backgrounds, life experiences, but that, this, that should not stop us from giving those thoughts. There may be one or two thoughts also where that change can come. And in any education policy, as if you look at the Radhakrishnan Commission policy or you look at the Kothari Commission, there have always been some kind of uh, things where things have changed and there are certain things which have not changed as it was, uh, you know, uh, people felt that, oh, this should have changed. The same thing, I'm not trying to be uh, cynical about it, but whenever we talk about uh, education policy and in this context, the new education policy, uh, we have to see that in, uh, in maximum way how this can be implemented. But we have also to assume what may be the problems which people face before they face the problem and what may be the uh, ambiguities in this where they may not understand and to take that to capture it and to develop clarity on it and to reach out I think will be the best way so instead of thinking oh this will not happen no we don't have to start with any no how it will know we have to be very practical and we have to adopt a method that yes, people will have difficulties because if they do not have difficulties, we are talking about a very ideal situation. Sure. See, a, a teacher who does not have a background and uh, of uh, any philosophical realm and uh, has very simple questions that how do I focus on value uh, uh, education? How do I focus on that kind of a thing which you have mentioned uh, when I talk about matter, spirit, aspect? 
yes teachers will have very fundamental questions so we have to and i uh, since i am a teacher yes i feel that every teacher has something different in within where uh, when we enter the classrooms no uh, we develop those problem solving skills we we uh, we learn some we learn but some we things. learn on the field some things because uh, teachers have that uh, ability to transform teachers have the ability to understand and reciprocate so a teacher may not have studied shorobindo's thoughts but in practice she may be doing it she may be exploring it because she has understood that dimension of life which shorobindo has tried to focus so the life experiences because we get students uh, uh, the learners are diverse learners so uh, you know the teachers also when they are teaching for so many years or young teachers also get into the classrooms who have so many assignments to check examinations to conduct election duties to do and so many other work they deal with many complex um, problems uh, and situations and they do it with that spirit that they have to do it i feel it with my new education policy also uh, there is some kind of a need for orientation definitely but as teachers gather as they come together and they discuss and if there are mentors here we will talk about mentors where uh, in the process of transformation there may be a need for mentors even for teachers and uh, how the teachers can take that whatever they have studied to the classrooms and to the educational institutions how these can be uh, the units of that transformation so i think uh, that is also something where uh, we have this particular initiative so ma'am we also have some questions from the participants yes uh, so sindhu sindhu ji has has raised his hand so sindhu ji go ahead and ask yes. um prof ma'am namaste it was a very great insightful uh, um thank you thought and uh, i'm 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 deepening my thought towards that so in the line of uh, uh, that you are emphasizing on teachers education uh, so in the, i would like to uh, uh, look forward what could be the uh, challenges and uh, um, and necessary steps that need to be taken towards implementation of nep um especially in secondary in school of education secondary and primary school so there are schools which already there uh, with a with a uh, uh, expert background of a very good grounded establishment of arabindo philosophy and practice and there are other schools who doesn't uh, as you rightly said the teacher might be practicing it but they don't know uh, uh, are not aware so when you have this kind of an uh, diverse systems of uh, schools of one with having a, a background and orientation in practice of philosophy and one with doesn't so uh, uh, what how um, what are the challenges are there and how we need to um, uh, connect to this thought and implement uh, towards nep maps yeah thank you very much sindhu ji uh, see uh, from the teachers point of view uh, let us uh, think from a for a minute and be a teacher for a minute where uh, this document of new education policy has come uh, teachers are expected to do many things and change everything uh, at the first uh, point uh, let us be a little slow that's what i want to say 
that uh, teachers will do this process but teachers also need some kind of a training orientation they have to pause they have to unlearn they have to be understood because they are not going to become supra human being suddenly that is point 1 second it is not that teachers don't have it teachers have it the 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 skills and the values which we are trying to focus i feel every teacher uh, who is a parent who is a guardian uh, already has those dimensions now what the teachers have to do is to uh, you know formalize that particular dimension and bring those aspects into the classroom so i think that it will not be difficult uh, because when we look at the teachers when we interact with the teachers most teachers as uh, I, i have met and i'm sure you all have met are full of affection and concern they want to they are fully focused on the child so i feel that uh, if that love and compassion is there uh, there wouldn't be any problems third uh, there is nothing like the plan okay i feel the teachers should be given full freedom to develop programs to develop certain initiatives which they think are uh, trying to focus on the nep goal whatever that may be uh i think at the school level at the educational level if we look at the nep goals what we want to accomplish for example secondary school or whatever that may be the school authorities have to first decide what are those goals which we want to do what is required out of it what is mandatory focus on that a meeting has to be taken by the authorities then the clarity on what we want from that third not everybody can do everything so some the teams have to be made and some have to philosophize on what is it some have to focus on what exactly should be done how should the documentation done some have to look at the school atmosphere the classroom atmosphere the challenges which they face in that there will be some teachers who are very good at capturing those that atmosphere so those can be done for analyzing what kind of things can be done you will also have some teachers who are good at transacting skills who are very good at understanding the problems of the students and bringing it to the school authorities so we have to use those teachers uh, skills and uh, aptitude whatever we may call we will have also some teachers who may not be so social they may be little quiet these can be involved in the research perspective okay and then uh, you know i feel that the entire teaching community has diversity in thought and each should be used as a team and when the team work is there uh, classroom atmospheres will become more happy and i would also urge if there is a possibility uh, of involving now when you said that there is one school which is doing this and one school so there has to be first uh, it should not be with the kind of a focus that they are going to tell us something no uh i think there should be a effort where a program can be arranged for the two school teachers the two groups where they are on the same platform where it will be some discussion sharing 
and then there will be some rest practice also in this school where they don't implement shorobindo's thoughts fine so sharing of best practices uh, and concern for the student which is common across whether we are from x school or y school concern for the student in the community the community space will be the same so if there is a joint uh, kind of a thing the best practices can be taken study circles sharing can be done and in this process you will not focus only on one school there can be three four schools and these teams can be made first an experiment at the school level and then at uh, two two or three schools and then this can go ahead so i feel that uh, this particular process uh, the entire uh, focus everything is within the school or the university teachers they have to be and of course experts can also be uh, brought in uh, videos can be shown uh, uh, literature can be shared this will also happen the leaders the principals or the vice principals or the school managements have to play a very proactive role because uh, as i said change will not come very fast it is not automatic and we cannot expect the teachers to be very fast they are they are also going to have their problems so those also have to be addressed i mean to say when it comes to evaluation when it comes to their present work and something which they want to now change so how to help them to even locate that so that every teacher is happy if teachers problems or resolved whatever problems they have in a more effective way and they are inspired to work for a still higher purpose uh, with a, a different approach uh, i think uh, i always feel that uh, this uh, wonder teachers have that kind of a dimension and uh, parents also who are uh, very highly educated who can also help the school in some way uh that also so there can be a kind of a uh, you know we can say a, a, a digital dialogue also can be developed and uh, i think uh, things can change but the change will be uh, so the strategies have to be planned and these strategies have to be planned in this particular way that uh, whatever has been planned whether the activities are moving in that direction what is the feedback what is the approach uh, weekly meetings have to be done uh, the data has to be focused if all this is possible if that is not possible at the beginning just to call teachers just to chat just to record what their their perception is and to go ahead thank you uh, so ma'am we have another question in our chat box yes asked by putte ji so the question goes like so what will be the role of higher education section with regards to section 4.4 to 4.7 like it connecting to the primary education so so the participant feels that there is a big gap between uh, these two sections of like higher education and primary education and how both can be connected and and what could be the methodology of implementation of like so this continuity from primary education to higher education i feel that uh, we should let it be like this because um, if we start looking at what is the connect we may not find exact connections 
and it will be a very philosophical process because it starts with this question that when we look at the child education you know we are trying to focus that this child education and when we look at the dimension of education at the university the learners interest and the diversities are going to be different so in this sense what i feel is when we are trying to focus because we have just started with the process let us focus first on say school education or university education wherever we have that kind of a role to play and maybe in some years time i feel that somewhere that connect will flow because when i look at the school education there is a focus on holistic education and there is a focus on teacher education when i see university education also there is a focus on holistic aspect and so there is an effort which is seen which i see that the flow will be very natural and the students who come from the schools and are getting ready for higher education will be equipped with some things already so the connect which we are trying to say should we make it should we see it is it there i think it is a very natural process and it will happen it will unfold and happen if we are in a position to effectively implement the new education policy 2020 the way it has been focused i think the flow will it will uh, naturally uh, manifest yes i am sure about it so if any other participant has any question or or i would also like to request manoj ji to share his thoughts on the the nep document and what kind of role uh, institutions like puram can play in in popularizing sri arvindos thought and getting it implemented successfully if it if he is there yes though the way we see it is uh, unless we work hands on with living context and work with teachers and see what is the specific challenges that are faced there what are the specific issues and our approach is primarily following the uh fail fast method or the agile development method if somebody wants we work with them particularly training the teachers and for example we have worked with the oro university when do they have a stated intention of uh, having integral education as a foundation challenge is always training the faculty members <clears throat> and uh, it doesn't matter what is being taught but the pedagogy can be brought in but unless the faculty members themselves are not practitioners and they are not introduced to the methods it will be challenging and there the way forward is to engage directly and we have not been involved in that area much it is very small area we ourselves are seeing how do we apply in a non formal context context and build and learn from experience and build on it so we do not at this point of time have a focus on specific uh formal context so so is there any more question uh, on this session like either, either to professor vadya or 
Manojji, so you can go ahead and ask. Or otherwise, I can just summarize the session and, and thanks like both Professor Vadya and Manojji to, to share his thought, uh, their thoughts with us. So as I said that, uh, let us be very happy that NEP 2020 has a very, very uh, deep reflection we see of Sri Aurobindo's thoughts. So let us be very happy and we welcome that kind of a initiative which has come after many, many years. Uh, second is, uh, I uh, also request everybody to go through the NEP and uh, sit in contemplation and uh, focus on this particular aspect of in what way I can contribute uh, to my own community, in what way I will be in a position to do it. You as a person uh, who has that dimension of Shorabindo's thoughts, take a paper, write it and develop something which will be useful for the community. I always feel that whenever we have that particular need, you know, we, when we have that concern that I should be of some use to this particular community, the world, the country, uh, the divine energy provides us that direction. So I feel that uh, uh, we all are having that source. Third, if you are from some educational institutions, universities, and you have this, definitely I can understand that there will be some anxiety how to go about with NEP if there are problems. But as I always say, if there are problems, we also have solutions to it. Only thing is, my solution will be different from your solution. And maybe to begin with, each will be creative in a different way. And uh, that is what we will not have final answers to anything because these are very subjective layers. So I feel that in that sense, uh, explore it, progress ahead. And uh, in this process, if you need any help from my side as a researcher, as a teacher, definitely uh, I will extend uh, whatever contribution you think I can uh, provide uh, to the problems or to an approach where you need a particular understanding, definitely you could contact me through email. And uh, my email I will write in the chat box so that anybody who wants to contact, you can give the reference of today's program so that the connect I can uh, recollect. Thank you very much. I also, I would also like to re uh, request Dr. Chalamai Reddy to, to share thoughts on education and implementation of this new, uh, new NEP document policy. Uh, a very uh, warm namaste to all of you. Uh, I'm sorry, my video not, uh, you know, kind of cooperating. I will not be able to come on video. Uh, so very glad to be part of this team. Who, who have been speaking so wonderfully and namaste to Manoj Da and all the others, uh, Dr. Vaidya as well. And uh, well, just a very brief introduction, uh, very uh, grateful for Sampada Bhai to kind of, you know, kind of invite me to say a few words. Uh, I am running a school since last 30 years called Sri Aurobindo International School at Hyderabad. So what we have been speaking about uh, to try to integrate uh, NEP 2020 into a 
kind of a formal school, uh, I would just like to say that it is very possible and, uh, you know, to, 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 to kind of pick up the strain uh, from what uh, Professor Vaidya has said, that we cannot expect things to happen overnight. It's a very long journey. Uh, it has to, you know, kind of, uh, it, it's going to be very slow, uh, but very sure as well. It's very much possible. And uh, also very importantly, yes, it has been a journey of self-discovery for myself. So as the principal of the school, it's very uh, important that, uh, you know, the learning is happening, uh, you know, in myself, within myself, the growth is happening and the development is happening. And along with that, I'm able to hold the hands of my team and then we are all able to take steps forward. Uh, so some simple things that I can share as what we have been doing all these years uh, is the fact that we have very, uh, you know, kind of uh, several times gone through the book on education and all the essays by Sri Aurobindo and the mother to first kind of, you know, educate ourselves, inform ourselves, educate ourselves, be inspired by what Sri Aurobindo and the mother say and trying to as much as possible internalize it. Uh, and then have a, many discussions as to how we can translate those ideals into practice. So, you know, to really kind of, because this is a regular, uh, you know, a school which, which uh, has, which is not, uh, you know, kind of a, a school which caters to the middle, middle class students. So it, it's a very much a kind of a model school, uh, which there are thousands and thousands in the country where we do not have uh, financial resources, uh, you know, in, in large amounts. But at the same time, the important thing is we've got reasonable resources uh, with which we are able to work, uh, you know, and, and try to give shape to these great ideals of Sri Aurobindo and the mother. And uh, we have been doing a lot of work uh, and we have tried to figure out how these ideals can be, you know, uh, experienced at the pre-primary level, at the primary level, the middle school level at the high school level and uh, you know in, in 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 relation to the physical development in relation to the vital development uh, and the mental kind of approach how do we kind of teach subjects and trying to see that the faculties uh, developments are addressed and uh, and uh, very importantly we have uh, come up with uh, uh, a new approach this time where we have given a little bit of a shape i should say design self-reflective rubrics because you see the whole thing is about self-knowledge uh, as uh, you know the others have spoken about uh, the whole journey integral education the very the, 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 the whole pyramid and the paradigm of integral education stands on this whole awareness so and the first essay if we remember uh, written by the mother on education is science of living so we have based ourselves a lot and we have really tried to study that and given a very simple kind of, you know, formulations right from LKG to grade 12 as to how the child can reflect upon himself on the, in the domains of the physical, in the domains of the vital, in the domain of the mental and the psychic and the spiritual. You know, so something which is understandable for the children and something which, you know, is providing them some time to just, just be with themselves and trying to make themselves, you know, try to take responsibility for their growth. So this is being worked out this year and it's been a wonderful journey and a great experience uh, in connection with the character development that we are speaking about and the vital 
education we have also something which we have named as the student student mentorship classes where the teacher is just having a lot of interaction with children uh, you know on a weekly basis and uh, it is based on first uh, sharing some you know inspirational stories and from the stories giving examples of how the characters have dealt with their emotions so either emotions of fear or anger or jealousy or joy or you know so trying to make them to understand how we, we how we make choices in being able to wanting to be happy or by you know indulging in a certain uh, an emotion has that resulted in me being happy or it has just made me feel you know not happy because i always remember the mother's beautiful lines when she said especially when a child question the mother as to how do i know if i'm right or wrong so the mother simply said that if you are happy then you are on the right path so you know things which they can understand not that you know so does it make comfortable has it made you know is the feeling within you making you feel comfortable is the feeling within you making you uncomfortable you know so right uh, 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 you know child of age 5 or 10 or 6 or 12 that that emotion is something basic to all of us so they understand that when this emotion this this is the experience that i have in relation to this emotion has it res resulted in a sense of joy within me or is it making me feel uncomfortable so it, just giving them small kind of you know guidelines and and showing them the direction of how to take responsibility more consciously on a physical domain on an emotional domain mental domain we are trying to kind of open themselves you know open them to to the qualities of the psychic which is uh, which which we uh, call it by the indian terms of satyam shivam sundaram truth beauty and i mean goodness and beauty so it's just possible i just want to share with all of uh, you know uh, the, the members here that the main uh, in the mainstream schools also it is possible but it is Uh, a committed kind of uh, you know uh, work that we need to do and uh, the teachers uh, as professor vaidya said uh, they are very much uh, you know capable of doing it they just need some guidelines they just need to be shown a certain direction and uh, making them to kind of uh, you know just introspect and reflect so i think that is not generally provided in any school you know there's too much pressure on them to do the you know deliver the basics uh, about teaching and you know evaluation and corrections and all that so what i think schools if we are able to provide them the time and the space for this for, for this self knowledge and for this sense of self awareness you to walk this path of self awareness then uh, suryavindos uh, and uh, the mothers ideals are very much possible uh personally i have come up i have given a talk on nep 2020 and uh, uh, you know how uh, the seminal ideas of sri aurobindo 100 years back are very much making part of the nep 2020 and i shared it with my teachers as well and shown them how uh, very closely you know we, we i mean it's it's all there so even if we are as again referring back to professor vaidesh she said if people don't know that these are ideas of sri aurobindo doesn't matter we take it forward from there uh, and there is great potential for any school to really if, if they are even able to follow the basic guidelines of nep 2020 i would just happily say that we are walking i mean taking at least the steps 
towards what your the mother envisaged as a national education of, of the country. So thank you for giving me this opportunity. Thank you, ma'am. To express uh, myself. So if there are no further questions, then I am handing handing uh, over this session back to Abhishek. So now Abhishek can take it forward. Yeah, thank you, Anuragji. Actually, I am very impressed with the with your humility by which you conducted this panel uh, discussion, and by this word humility, it reminds me of the aspiration that Sri Aurobindo speaks for the transformation, which is at the core of integral education. And I'm really thankful to Professor Vaidya for so patiently answering all the questions and actually uh, focusing on small, small nitty-gritties that we can change instead of some exterior grand uh, uh, things and theorizing. And with this, I'm reminded of the quote by Sri Aurobindo. I'm just trying to paraphrase is that the mind cannot be uh, thought to be fed up with informations and it can itself go for transformation. There needs to be a process and there needs to be a kind of what we call integral yoga. I'm also thankful to uh, Professor K. Parameswaram. Unfortunately, he has to leave, but he shared very deep insights on NEP and Sri Aurobindo's thoughts. I think this is a unique uh, webinar, maybe a first of its kind, where we are actually scrutinizing and uh, analyzing NEP based on Sri Aurobindo's thoughts and really. And grateful, grateful to everybody who has been behind this and to all the participants here, I just want to mention that we are running a 150 hours lecture uh, based on the 150th birth anniversary year of Sri Aurobindo and the third module starts on Friday and it is on integral education only. So I request you to please go to our website rastram.org, look at the uh, 150 hours, one year certificate course. And if you are interested, you should uh, enroll for this module for an integral education that starts this week. And uh, Manojji, Dibyangsi ji, they have been facilitators on this course also. And uh, learners are really enjoying this and really grateful to Purnam Center, especially Nikhil, Palak and Surya for their wonderful experiences. It's the experiences that counts that teaching cannot be an exterior entity to the individual. It should be internalized. With this, um, I would like to end this uh, start of the webinar series with one minute of meditative silence. We shall then all disperse and we would also uh, continue this webinar series in the next month with a new topic based on Sri Aurobindo's thoughts and the contemporary relevant topic that we are facing. So we can start with start the one minute of meditative silence. Thank you everyone.